1: Welcome into the Oana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Oana Enquirer publisher, here with you. And this week on the podcast, it's been a little bit of me catching up with people I talk to normally on a regular basis on my radio show when we were going for the last couple of years. And uh, yesterday caught up with Trent Meacham, some great stuff from Trent, uh, not only on Illinois basketball and Io and Kofi Coburn, but we got in a conversation about Brian Randall getting an NBA assistant job. So go back and listen to that one if you want your Illini basketball fix. Uh, but uh, today, and I'm recording this on September 10th, uh, usually would be around the time that I catch up with Jay Lehman to break down last week's game and preview next week's game. But obviously that's not the case right now. And uh, like me, Jay is not covering games. And, and for him as a broadcaster, he gets paid obviously per broadcast that he does. And, and that work is gone for him. So he's somebody that's impacted by this. Now, Jay has a is a real estate agent and uh, sells houses and all that. And so like me, he's got another gig uh, where he's able to kind of make up for that. But um, he's been impacted by this. And of course, Jay's just a football guy. Uh, so I wanted to catch up with Jay, talk about that with him, but also break down what he's thought of, of the Big Ten not playing games this fall, what the impact on the conference could be, what he would think as a player uh, going through all of this right now. But we also get into a little bit of football conversation. Because I'm feeling that need. Early September, we're learning a little bit more about a team. I wanted a little bit of football conversation. One of the things I love about Jay is his ability to break down the X's and O's. He's obviously a former All-American, knows the game extremely well. And for my money, I know I'm a little biased here. But when I listen to Jay on the Big Ten Network, I think he's as good as he gets. Uh, there's some great uh, analysts there, but you know maybe some with bigger names than Jay. But I think Jay, the energy he brings is contagious. The knowledge of the game is really good. But he's also able to explain it uh, very well to the average fan who doesn't know as much football. And that includes someone like myself. So uh, I always love catching up with Jay. And we actually get into a conversation, pretty football-y conversation, about linebacker play and Jake Hansen and switching positions and have a lot of fun with that. Talk about Illinois, how he thinks they'll perform uh, if they do get back on the field this fall or early in the winter. So just had a fun time catching up with Jay Lehman. Hear that coming up next on the Illini Inquirer podcast.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive.
1: Welcome back in to the Illini Enquirer podcast. And uh, usually, I see a lot of this guy and talk to this guy a lot uh, during the fall, uh, doing a radio show. But uh, obviously, that's not happening for either of us now, and neither of us at games on Saturday. So, Jay Layman, Big Ten Network analyst, uh, you going to pumpkin patches on Saturdays? Like, what, what do you got? What do you got going on on the yeah, weekend?
3: Yeah, yeah. I think Curtis Apple Orchard here in Champaign will be a will be a hot spot. I also have teamed up with uh, former Fighting Illini safety Justin Harrison, old teammate of mine, uh, and uh, actually coached U of I for a little bit. Um, We're actually coaching the YMCA flag football second and third graders. So he's got a second grader, I've got a third grader. So we're coaching him up, man. We're having our coaches meeting tonight, and, uh, you know, he's serious. Harrison's Harrison's brilliant. He's got, like, color-coded wristbands for the kids. We've got a magnetic... You know, uh, whiteboard where we got like color coded dots, and we just move the dots around corresponding to your wristband. So if you're wearing your wristband, you do this. We got three plays, three, three, three plays. You know, kind of like that line. I remember the Titans? I think it's like you know, I got four plays. It's like Novocaine. Give it time, always works, right?
1: So, what what kind of defense you guys run? Are you guys press man, uh, make them beat you, or are you sitting back there in coverage and in cover two, trying well, yeah, to capitalize?
3: We have six guys on the field, so. We just usually do a uh, sorry seven guys on the field, and so kind of the standard is you know three linebackers and three defensive backs all cut up into thirds, and then you have one guy rushing the passer after a uh, after a a five Mississippi count or Apple count or one thousand count, whatever you count to five with. Um, Those are kind of the rules. So. Uh, getting people if you've ever watched a soccer game you know let's just say geometry and angles are not the strong suit of players in second and third grade right it's like oh the ball is there let me run exactly where the ball is I don't it's almost like the mind doesn't quite track on where the ball is going right so we try to keep people you know in your in your spot and, and take your angle and and the basics of football is learning to know where your help is, whether that's a teammate or the sideline and taking angles. And you can do that. You can help kids, especially less athletic kids, you know, be in a position to make a play.
1: Jay, we were talking before this, and obviously um, you and I both in the media are affected by no games going on right now. And um, what's this been like for you? I know there's people that are way worse off than us and we're, happy and right. our families are healthy but uh wh- what's it been like for you not to to have the big 10 network going on right now and and not to have football games to work
3: yeah to, i mean as bizarre as the spring was with when covid hit which was a, it was a very bizarre time i think for me this has been more bizarre and you know this in covering football and in playing football some but you know July, my wife used to call it the training camp cloud. You know, it's like, okay, I can tell you're getting ready to go to training camp. And I still get that feeling today, uh, as I played football for, you know, 17 seasons from, you know, age 10 to 26 or seven. So, um, and then I get that excitement and and the excitement of, you know, opening season where everybody's undefeated. Um, but not having that Uh, especially in Illinois in the fall, uh, at the high school level, the the Pop Warner level, or or obviously the University of Illinois level. It has just been a bizarre turn of events. It does not feel like fall to me. Uh, I've lost a lot of interest, honestly, in college football. I mean, I will watch it because I think it's a great game. But my favorite team, my favorite conference are currently not playing. And, uh, you know, it's just – it is just the strangest feeling when you're, so, it's such a big part of your life and you're accustomed to it and it's just not there.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a hole. And, and I think the, you know, Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated did a great story on champagne and just the hole it leaves in, in this community. Uh, but the Big Ten's decision, obviously not popular, Jay. It, but I, I do think we almost lose sight of the fact that it is part of a huge majority in college football to, to postpone the season. Uh, but obviously the big 10 and probably because of the way it rolled this out is, is getting more criticism than the PAC 12 or all these other division one FBS conferences that that have postponed this. So what have you made of the, the last month of Kevin Warren announcing this, the, the presidents and chancellors making this decision and just really the fallout of what's happened over the last month?
3: Yeah. You know, well, first off, it's a it's a tough year to be your first year for any any um, yeah, you know commissioner. And Kevin Warren, you know, picked a doozy of a year for sure. So I certainly don't envy his position. I I think it started back in July when the Big Ten and the Big Ten has been celebrated for you know being an independent thinker when it comes to creating the Big Ten Network or. You know, nine conference games when a lot of conferences. Did not want to do that, but they thought it would, you know, a, you know, increase fan engagement and increase the quality of the season. Which I think those were, were met with cheers and you know, widespread validation. Um, but I think in July, when they came out and said, "We're just going to do a conference season," and I don't know, what was discussed with the other Power uh, Five. Conferences, the other four of them, but it, it kind of felt like that was an independent move by the Big Ten, and uh, obviously that affects any non-con games. I mean, the biggest non-con game was going to be the Pac-12, you know, probably Oregon versus Ohio State. Uh, obviously, that was affected right off the bat. You know, the Pac-12 quickly kind of followed suit in, in conference stuff, but I think that kind of set a precedent. Okay, the Big Ten kind of doing what they what they want to do, and. I'm not sure if the Big Ten and Pac-12 uh, believed that if they canceled the season, then the other three would fall in domino-like fashion, mm-hmm. or postpone the season, rather. But that did not happen. Um, and I think it was seen, uh, whether it's right or wrong, I, I still think we've yet to, we've yet to we're, uh, that's still, uh, whatever people say, it's still kind of a hung jury on that, yeah. as we'll see how this plays out. Um, I think when when they did that, it wasn't communicated as best as it could have. And, and Kevin Warren, you know, he's owned up to that, so good for him. And it seemed premature, right? It seemed like it was so preemptive and not letting it play out to the degree that it could. So I think that was the big bugaboo on it.
1: Yeah, um, maybe just buying some time, delaying a – well, one, I don't think they should have announced a schedule and and announced it for September. Maybe if they would have announced it for October or something, they would have uh, bought themselves a little bit more time. But, uh, Jay, you said it. I mean, it's still kind of a hung jury, at least in my opinion. we got to see how it plays out in the SEC, the ACC, um, you know, in the Big 12. But, obviously, they're getting ready to play and very close to playing. What do you think could be the impact, both short and long term, of – the big 10 not playing if other conferences are able to pull this off?
3: Well, obviously the short term is the economic impact. I agree. Pat 40 had a great article on it. Um, uh, There was a local article on about just the economics of what football does and the the money from TV contracts and whatnot and sponsorships does. So that's the short term impact for all the schools, but long-term it's, it's hard to tell what the long-term effect will be, but if pandemics are here to stay, or if this one's here to stay, I'm going to, go, I'm obviously going to want to go where I can play if I'm an athlete. Now, that's a, I know that that might seem unbelievable, but everything's been unbelievable this year. Right. <laughs> so uh, I, um, And also, and, and I know that I'm sure the big 10 and pac 12 conferences are, are, are not a fan of, of people saying this. I, I I have always tried to stand for players' rights. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that I believe if you're if you're ready to play out of high school fo- football and everybody thinks you're ready to play, or you know, Rondell Moore might have been ready to play after one year in college. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're ready to play, play. Like you're ready to go to the NFL, great. You know you know the risk. You're a big boy. Um, I don't know if your body's ready for it or not. But in the same way, I say if your school's not going to play, but a pack. Uh, but they have, uh, you know, SEC school is going to play. Is it really right for us to not let players transfer? Um, I think it's a big question. You know, I mean, if we're really about players rights and they want to play um, and they know the risks, um, can we really keep them out of school? No. Uh, you know, I, I, I I'm not sure. And I think that could be decimating if obviously that would let the floodgates open, they're not going to do it for this year, but Pac-12 and Big Ten, let's say, in August when they canceled. Hey, you know, you can go transfer somewhere else right now and be immediately eligible. That would decimate whole teams. And up up, up in a lot of rosters in the SEC where starters would get removed from guys that are incoming. So I I think if we're always about the best interest of the student-athletes, I think that's a discussion that has to be had, even though it's detrimental to the schools that are not having football right now.
1: Well, Jay, I'm trying to, you know, put myself in a player's position. Early on, as you, they were gearing up for training camp, you had guys like Mule Mewelu and many of his teammates saying, like, "Hey, what are the protocols here? Like, what is the safety? Are we safe? We want to know more." And then, as the season gets canceled, they're like, "Hey, we know what this is, and hey, we're willing to play." All these guys opted in uh, to playing. So, what do you think this is like? For players like Doug Kramer or Milo Eifler, you know Nate Hobbs, as they're sitting here wondering when they they'll play their senior season.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, first off, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So you know whether Milo said that or whoever said that and said you know, hey, I want to know more, and then you know, month later, I do know enough, and now we can play. Like to me, it it seems like. You know, probably part of the reason that maybe got canceled is somebody's athletes spoke up yep. and said, Hey, I'm a little worried. Um, which is fine to say that. Right. It's just tough to have it go the other way the next month. Um, so it's like, I, I'm a little confused on that part. Um, unless some earth shattering, you know, information came out that, that I wasn't aware of it. And maybe there has, because I said I'll keep up to date on everything and who can. Um, but you know as i as i as I look at this, you know, I'm not sure if the season starts on Thanksgiving, which seems to be the the date that's been thrown out. I know we had October tenth by Dan Patrick. I know we've had January start, but let's just say Thanksgiving. feels like we've had I'm every
1: sure date with... thrown out there, Jay. It seems like everybody's just right, saying,, hey, right. it could be this date or this date or this date.
3: <laughs> yeah, so i I'm, I'm not really sure, but let's just say it's Thanksgiving hypothetically, yeah, I'm not sure. Justin Fields or Sean Wade or some of these other elite players will play. Um, I'm not sure it's worth it for them to play. They don't even have a chance at a national title, of course. Um, you know, Rashad Bateman, Mike Parsons already have checked out, right? So we, there, there are players that have, that have done that. I, I do think October 10th, when you have a chance to the playoff, you're gonna you're going to get those players to play, and a chance to play in their in their home stadiums and whatnot. So I, I think. That's the big draw of October tenth. That 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 clock is ticking very fast. Yeah. By the way, yeah, uh, and I, that has to happen. You know, either today or tomorrow, I would guess, and or not. C- yeah, because um, Jay, so, can
1: can you speak of this as a player? Like, how much time would you need to to truly be ready to get going for a season?
3: Well, you know, I don't know what the restrictions are on them, but these guys have not been sitting around, right? You know, I know, I I, I know they're in shape. I, I honestly say, I honestly think, you know, for an upperclassman who knows the offense, I think three weeks you're ready to play. Hmm. I think you can turn around in three weeks. Um, do I think you're going to be in mid-season form? No. Right. But these, these these guys have been playing football for a long time. Okay? These guys, these, we got a senior. If any, if any, Illinois was going to be at a huge advantage if they played this season because they had a returning quarterback. They had a returning offensive line. They had tons of returning players and a returning coaching staff, as opposed to say a Michigan state who's lost a lot of senior leadership, lost their coaching staff, lost their starting quarterback. Right. So we had a lot of coaches, player coaches on the field already. And that's where I thought, okay, this could really work to Illinois' advantage. Now, that being said, you know, uh, now the big bugaboo is, you know, if, if, I'm a third or fourth or fifth round draft pick. Possibly if I play good, um, then I'm going to play this season, no matter what, if I'm a borderline guy, I'm going to play this season. But I also, if I played in January, from what I understand, it doesn't even count as a year of eligibility. Right. I've, uh, and so it's like, I have like a practice room. So I'm Brandon Peters and like, I'm I'm better than I was last year, but maybe I'm like, man, I come back for fall 2021 Maybe it'll be really good, right? Yeah. So I, 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 it's just there's a whole lot of things in that backs up who plays and who doesn't play, and now you're gonna have over 85 scholarship players, probably over 100. So there's just a lot of different factors that are thrown in there. And Jay, here here
1: would be a silver lining. You're kind of mentioning it. I mean, we've seen many Big Ten stars already opt out of the season, including. You know, two of Illinois' closest competitors with Rondale Moore, Purdue, um, Rashawn Slater at at Northwestern. I don't know how many people know about him, but one of the best offensive linemen in the country. And uh, obviously, Rashad Bateman up in Minnesota. So three of those guys in the Big Ten West. I know there's there's many others in the Big Ten. I don't think Illinois has any of those guys. Right, I think all these guys need to play more uh, to prove themselves. uh, Listen, I think Alex Palczewski and Nate Hobbs can play at the NFL level. I don't think Blake Hayes needs to show much more, but I think they need to improve their stock and want to improve their stock. So I think the silver lining, uh, if you're an Illinois fan, is if you do have a season that starts in November or or January, I think they could improve more than some of these other teams just because they'll have most of their team back.
3: Yeah, you know, I – and you know, this is such an interesting year because it's like we've waited so long for Illinois basketball and football it seems to be back. And then yeah. you get the tournament kind of yanked from under our feet for basketball and then you get this season, which was supposed to be the year uh, for Lovey, kind of yanked out from under our feet. So it just seems like really bad timing. But, you know, what's the silver lining? That Kofi and Io are back? Mm-hmm. um and you know along with a, a pretty highly talented recruiting class and then also we could have a full boat of players i mean i i know that rayvon bonner has opted out at least for the fall season I, i'm not sure you know if that would change but you know i i when i look at it, i'm like okay you're right it, it could end up to Illinois' advantage if we play and i think that'd be very interesting so and i guess part of me too and you've been to a lot of sports venues, you know, like maybe BYU is kind of a strange feel, right? When they were playing the other night, uh, no fans in the stands. I just think no fans in domes across the country during the winter is going to be a strange feeling, right? <laughs> um, so I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm interested to see. Yeah. Uh,
1: Jake, can I get a couple of footbally questions in though? Just, just to think about yeah. just so we can have some hope. Um, we we talk about this roster, but what what are you most intrigued to see whenever Illinois gets back on the field, whether that's November, whether that's October, whether that's January or next August or September?
3: Yeah, I mean that that, that that's a great question. I I think Illinois has all the pieces to be good, but we look at the great we look at the really good teams uh, at the top of the conference. They've got elite quarterback play. I want to see Brandon Peters take the next step. This is a highly touted kid out of uh, high school, obviously, and obviously went on to uh, Michigan first. So I'm most intrigued by what he's going to bring to the table. I think that is a a, a huge thing. And secondly, um, let's not forget how good Jake Hansen was when he was healthy. Obviously got banged up. Let's pray and hope that he is 100% healthy. I think a guy like Hansen, who you know is putting in work right now to be the best he can be, and you know has to have a great year. Uh, to, he may not have to have a great year, but wants to raise his stock. Uh, I think those are the two players I'm gonna be watching the most. And you know, I, I also throw a matter of Bebe out there because I think he's got a lot, of, a lot, big ceiling.
1: I don't think people, because Dele had such a great year, so many tackles, Jay, you know, around what you did. Um, I don't know if people still fully appreciate what Hanson did. I mean, he had more forced fumbles than entire teams
3: last year. No, I mean, I mean, and Dele, uh, God bless him. He got worked hard and, and, and got a starting position and ran to the football, physical player, and, and smart. Um, so nothing to take away from Dele. But I I, I truly believe that, you know, Hanson has his, – his, has the caliber to have an all-american season i really do now you got to get to eight wins nine wins i think to actually be considered in that and you can't be getting run through defensively um you know and i I just believe that that when he's on the field illinois is that much better and so we saw that so um yeah I, i i those are my two big intriguing players
1: I got I got a linebacker question for you, Jay. What What's the change? Because I believe you played outside early in your career, right? Then you moved inside? Yeah. So, what, yeah, what, yeah. what is that change like? What, what, what responsibilities change? Um, and uh, how differently do you have to play there?
2: Well,
3: yeah, I mean, for me, I, I always thought I was a little bit out of position. I played middle linebacker in high school, but, you know, we had better middle linebackers my first couple of years here, and, and I just kind of learned to do everything because I wanted to get on the field. Biggest difference is an outside linebacker will be in space more, and you have to be a, a strong edge defender. Which um, being in space and being an edge defender can't let people get up around you. Um, so you have to play with speed, and and you're you're much more myopic on two or three players that you're watching, whether it be the tight end uh the 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 split uh the flanker you know or we mm-hmm. call that the, the the slot receiver or you know the back to your side and you're and you're reading kind of that triangle along with a tackle to your side where if I'm a middle linebacker I'm much more protected from being in space um they call him Midwest Mike they can't run that good so you got to kind of <laughs> hide him in the middle right and so Is that what um, called it called Midwest Mike linebackers that's, that that's what that's what Michael used to call me okay. Midwest Mike um <laughs> So you, you kind of protect them in the middle and, um, you know, you're really, you, you call it, this is football, here, you, you, you call it the, the guard tailback triangle. So you read the guards back through the guards, through, you know, the tailback and whatnot. And it's really, you're, you're responsible for almost every run in between the tackles to some degree. And then you, you're going to have to usually guard a tight end or a running back. Um, in pass coverage. Now they they can change that up, and we've seen a lot of people move. And they started doing this with the really expensive where I played, and, and Jeremy Macklin when we played Missouri. They started bringing in their best receiver to the number three receiver, which means the third receiver from the sideline, which will get him on a Midwest Mike linebacker. Now imagine a Midwest Mike linebacker on a guy as talented as Jeremy Macklin was <laughs> at Missouri it's a matchup nightmare and so uh, they've started to move around back when I first started playing college football it was all about my best receiver my Braylon Edwards uh whoever it may be is always the guy widest on the field and they're matched up on the corner and offenses have got more innovative and tried to really find you know mismatches and you'll see that a lot in you know Ohio State's offense and Penn State's offense when they try to find those matchups, they're just a nightmare for the defense.
1: Yeah, so how do, how do you think Jake fits in the middle?
3: I think mean, Jake fits well. You know, Jake's Jake's more athletic than I think people give him credit for. He had some open field tackling stuff you know, early in his career, but I think he'll be fine. He's more athletic than I was. Um, he'll be protected in there. I think he'll be, he'll be more free to make plays. I, I, I still want to make sure we're able to blitz him because he's a good blitzer and I think Levy will draw something up for that. Jay, before I let
1: you go, any young guys, newcomers you're itching to see?
3: You know me, man. I just rely on camp. <laughs> I just rely on you to tell me the newcomers, right? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. The recruiting stock, I, I get it, and I get that people want to know, um, and, but you probably see it better anybody because you look at all the huddle tapes and everything, and when they get here, it's different. But I think everybody's, I think everybody. Based on what we saw last year, in, in, in a little it was Marquez. Uh, Marquez decent, right? Yeah. Um, is he healthy? Is he back to the explosiveness that we saw? Because he's a guy that can really change the defense if he's out there. Yeah. Jay Layman, you're the goods.
1: Um, hope to hear you on a Big Ten football call uh, as soon as safely as, as possible. But uh, miss Chatney every week, so appreciated the catch up, man.
3: Hey, no problem. And a big shout out to all the Alana Inquirer subscribers and fans. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. All right. See you,
1: bro. Always love catching up with Jay Lehman. He's the goods, man. I say it all the time, but he is the absolute goods. So I love talking football with him. Hopefully soon we get to catch up about actual games uh, coming up on the field and get to see this Illini team, which which Lovey Smith on his weekly radio show uh, with Brian Barnhart. I think they're going to just keep doing that. Um, I don't know if Lovey's going to be on it every week. I doubt it. But uh, uh, Lovey was speaking a little bit about, um, you know, the season ahead and this roster and this team he's been excited about for a long time, whether it was last year, right after the Red Docks Bowl, um, which I I think of San Francisco right now. Man, when I was there, it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. And and now you see the pictures from the wildfires out there. And it's like, can 2020 get even crazier? Um, But, yeah, Lovey Smith was talking then about just, how much he was excited about the 2020 team. It was his best team. And then he's added all these transfers who are going to make a big impact. And as I talked about with Jay, I mean, some of these losses on other teams of, of players opting out, I, I think it only improves Illinois' chances to have a really good, and I mean true, breakthrough season. Last year was a, was a mini breakthrough, right? I mean, that the end of the year, what they did, winning four games in a row in the Big Ten, that was a necessary step. But to get actual national attention, I think they would have had to win out, win the last six, right, or or win six of the last seven, including the bowl game. It's like, oh, Illinois went eight and five or nine and four. Man, that that Illinois team. Maybe we'd be talking about maybe not as much as Minnesota last year, but in that kind of realm or like Purdue had the previous couple of years. Um, I think this year that that could happen. I, I I've been long higher on Illinois than a lot of people. Last year, I picked them to finish sixth, and I think I was the only one to pick them outside of seventh. They finished fourth, and uh, I don't think people remember that they finished fourth last year and beat some good teams doing it. And obviously, there are questions about them. Illinois doesn't get the benefit of the doubt, which I understand is somebody who covers the Big Ten, but I just look up and down this roster, and I think it's it's capable of you know, repeating a 500 or going over 500 uh, against Big Ten opponents. I, I don't say that lightly. Uh, but I think this team has several pros on it. Lovey Smith said that as well. And, um, you know, you just hope that that team sticks together. Lovey Smith talked about that, that they stick together and that they are able to get on the field and show uh, what they've long wanted to show. So I know it's frustrating for them that they're not getting to do this. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of all led up to this year. And as Jay said, when it comes to basketball and football, I know Illinois fans for that, of course. Um, this is happening now when you feel like these are breakthrough. Possible shining moment years uh, that Josh Whitman, Brad Underwood, and, and Lovey Smith have been leading up to. I right, always appreciate you listening to the Alana Enquirer podcast, and I am going to put this one out. and Just uh, it's it's about nine thirty eight in the morning right now, uh, but you have until eleven PM tonight. So if you are listening to this on Thursday, you get till eleven PM tonight to get two months of Alana Enquirer VIP access for just one dollar. I know I've given this pitch the last couple days on the podcast, but if you just wanted to try us. Just once. And say the next two months. I know there's not sports going on right now, but we're covering the heck out of recruiting. I went down to Florida. Got some great stories on those guys. Piper's had some nuggets on basketball recruiting. I know he's got more stories coming up here shortly, and, and so do I, on, on football. It's a great opportunity. Get in for a dollar. It's 1.6 cents a day. Give us a try. And if you don't like it, you can cancel after two months, and you got, you're got you going to get a dollar's worth of value. But just try us out. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, It's a great time to do it. Two months for just $1 at Illini Inquirer. If you don't already, subscribe to our podcast, rate us, review us. We appreciate whenever you do that. Everybody, have a great day. Take care of each other, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.
0: Okay, picture this.